And we're back. Hello. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Me, My Shelf, and I, an official confession stand podcast. Mm-hmm. Today, we'll be reading chapters 51 through 65 of mm-hmm. A Court of Wings and Ruin. Mm-hmm. Akawar. Akawar. The third installment of the A Court of Thorn and Roses series by Sarah J. Mass. <laughs> Don't ask me to say Ouroboro, 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 That's all I'm gonna say. Oh my god! Good thing we don't have to talk about it in this segment. We no, have more I mean, it's, bro- it's brought up, but yeah, we're not gonna get into it. We're not gonna get into it too much in this section. But what are we gonna get into in this section? So a lot of stuff happens. Big things that we're gonna see are. Uh, we're going to see Grayson in this section, which, which is... One, who is Grayson again? Grayson is Elaine's betrothed. He's a human. <laughs> <laughs> He's a human of the fey-hating variety. Oh, my. <laughs> we're also going to see our first battle take place with Highburn. We're going to see the Surreal again. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, we're starting back off with the inner circle plus Nesta. I don't know if she is officially initiated or not. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know Lucian isn't. Uh, inner circle plus Nesta and Elaine actually is on this excursion as well. And they are at the Illyrian War Camp. We meet Lord Devlin. He's a real character. Not a big fan. Not a big fan of the of Amarin or the maid Faye that they are yes and there's some sort of uh what's the word elitist he's also kind of woman hating in general yeah anyone that doesn't have a dick is a a problem but that's kind of consistent with the sort with the illyrian culture because women are not considered equals yep Mm mm-hmm and uh, he does not like Nesta. He makes a very appeal like, and he calls her, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and accuses her of being a witch and Nesta being Nesta is like, yeah, <laughs> I am. Stirring the pot. Doesn't even know what she's agreed to. <laughs> she just wants to stick it to him. But you might as well, like, if you have someone in your face combative like that, let them think, let them be scared of you, even if they have nothing to be worried about. Well, and we also find out a little bit more what a witch actually means in this world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It kind of more brings it up. Do you want me to give you the definition she gave her? Yeah. Witches amass power beyond their natural reserve and use spells and archaic tools to harness more power to them and use it as they desire. I don't think we've seen a witch in this series so far. Mm -mm. No? No. I don't think so. Although... This feels like a quintessential Sarah J. Mass nugget. To me, this is just like he was the most beautiful man I'd ever seen. This is a an essential nugget. And we already know that Nesta has this power that everyone can see she has, but doesn't know how to define. And and they're trying to mask it from the masses because the inner circle knows that it comes from the cauldron. Mm-hmm. But they obviously don't want to divulge that because that's essentially a war tactic at this point. So how do you find that balance? Because people can people can tell that something's off with her. Something's not right. Right. But how do you go about covering that up? Right. Or giving an answer to that? Right. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think that Nesta could be a witch? Yeah. You think so? Oh, 100%. She went into the cauldron and she's got all the signs of being a witch. It is weird for me to think that a witch and a fae can be the same thing. Because I've always known the mythology of witches to be a skill learn. 
because it spells and... Mm, not necessarily. So what Moore describes in the book is that witches abuse the cauldron's power and take from the cauldron. Yeah, I'm in this universe. I'm just saying my understanding of witches. But o- your over- yeah. overall folklore yeah. mindset of it, yes. Yeah, it, it, it's sort of strange because I already know that fae are magical. So for them right. to be more magical just seems like yep. they're just fancier fae. <laughs> in real- reality, though, witches do use a cauldron to cook up power for themselves. So it almost really is true folklore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't think of it from that perspective. Literally, every witch, what witch doesn't have a cauldron that they cook stuff in? Yeah, but I, under- I understand it like Sarah too, where it's that idea that fae are already inherently magical. What more could they need from it? Well, not all fae, only super high fae and usually Which lords. she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's high fae. Well, a I, mean, I meant made. more like lords or whatever. Like yeah. most high fae don't have a bunch of powers. That's fair. From my understanding, and Nesta is not a lord. I guess I forget that because technically Cassian and Asriel don't have powers per se. They're just very good fighters and they can fly. That doesn't make them powerful. More they have the what do you call the siphons. Yeah, but those are magical themselves. Mm -hmm. That that's not something that they have exerted from their bodies that become magical because of them. They're magic on their own. But more, I think, is has powers, right? Or is she just a good fighter? She doesn't have any powers. But it's the whole unleashing of the more again, or she's just a badass. Yeah, I, I think that's just to be determined. We don't know. We she's don't never, know. She's never showcased any type of power. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, the only thing I can think of is when she picks up Feyre while she's having that breakdown in Mist of Fury, which I don't but know all if she that's... she does is pick her up and walk out. Yeah, but she's got this huge shit ton of power circling her. I think that's Feyre. I, mean, I thought that was Rhysand's power around her. No, that was Feyre's, but I'm just saying she picked up an atomic bomb that is Feyre. Like, that's gotta be something. I don't think she has any powers. I think she's an Illyrian warrior mm-hmm. that obviously had her wings clipped. But I don't think she actually has... No, she's not Illyrian. She doesn't, uh, she, yeah, she doesn't, doesn't have wings. No. Never she's, mind. Nope. But then she really doesn't have any power that. <laughs> she's she, she, she just a badass. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it could... Something else could change in the last couple books. There are those handful of characters that are still intentionally left in the dark. Mm-hmm. And more is one of them. Even past Silver Flames. So, I mean, we may find out more about her, but... Right. And then after we leave the war camp... We go to Grayson's house and... Who's Grayson? Grayson is Elaine's betrothed. I mean, of the... can you still call him a betrothed even though she kind of she kinda... skipped out on the wedding day? She's still wearing the ring though. She kind of ghosted him. I mean, not that like that's... <laughs> not that that's 100% her fault, but I don't think she was really given the ability to give him an explanation for mm-hmm. her disappearance. It's kind of difficult. You're like, hey, I'm not a human anymore. I hope we can still make this work. <laughs> Why did they decide to go to Grayson's then? What was the goal of that trip to the human realm? Because they don't have anybody who could take in the humans on the border. So that is all the people that Feyre, Nesta, and Elaine interacted with that live on the wall. They don't have anywhere to go. The queens won't take those right. people. The Fae can't take them. So they're sort of stuck in no man's land. Well, and, and they're kind of anticipating the war starting like tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. And that's. That's going to be a huge casualty. And they, no one seems to really give a shit about these people. So they're going to Grayson because his dad is a 
he's somewhat of influence. Yeah. I don't think he's that powerful. It's definitely, mm. he's he's a big fish in a small pond. He right. highly of himself. And he has this impenetrable, I mean, maybe not for magic, but this, this huge impenetrable fortress filled with weapons and it's giant and really depressing, I think. Nessa had that great line about how they went to a ball at his fortress and she said she went to uh, funerals that were merrier. (laughs) Which I thought that was very Nessa taste. Uh, But yeah, uh, Lane shows up to request sanctuary to her engaged. Grayson and his dad, they don't even let them in the fortress. They only let them into the guardhouse, which is sort of a midway point between right past the the wall around the fortress and the fortress itself. Oh, it's just so tense. And poor Elaine, she was so, I think she was really looking forward to seeing Grayson. And she definitely hoped that things would be, definitely got that sense. She had a hope that things were going to be a little bit better. Or at least I think she was hoping for a positive sense of closure. I think she went into it slightly optimistic that things could turn out better, but I don't think she was completely clueless to it. I think she knew that this was great. I think she was hoping to do what she could to help the human realm while also getting some resolution from her right. previously betrothed. And it did not really go well. I think she really just wanted to see him. Yeah. At the end of the day. That's got to be hard. I mean, he's all she's been thinking about, I would assume, since the day of the cauldron. So one of the things they did, which I can understand why Grayson would be mad. And it it was a long shot, in my opinion. But they glamoured just Elaine, but not Nesta or anyone else. Which I feel like is such a big, like, target. I don't know. A red flag. A walking red flag. (laughs) Everyone else is, like, glittery fae. And there's... There's Elaine, who's beautiful, but looks very plain and normal. <laughs> but still just fey enough, enough yeah. that you knew that it wasn't her, essentially. You mm. knew something was off about her. Right. So it only worked to an extent, any, and it clearly didn't work. So it was right. Like, well, we know why it didn't work, though. Because Durian already told him and his dad everything. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So it was a failed attempt from the get-go. Get-go. Yeah, that was another surprise of the hour was da 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 Jurian. <laughs> again. Oh my gosh, that boy. Did you guys believe him when he said that he was working for their cause? No. Yes, but something doesn't make sense to me with the whole Jurian going into the cauldron and becoming human again. How come he went in and became human, but humans went in and became fae? The whole Jurian thing... Is not my favorite. It's probably my least favorite thing about this entire series. I feel like it's kind of whiplashy and a little inconsistent. Like, he's very convenient. He shows up when Sarah J. Mass needs to, like, flip the story on its head. Yeah, I definitely think that he's such an interesting character, but he wasn't well-written in the sense that he wasn't thought out. I agree. Do we know that he's not Faye in some way, shape, or form? He's not Faye. We know that. From right at this moment. But he can't be 100% human. But he is. You would think. But I mean, who knows what that curse and being kept alive did to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. From what I gathered, he came back as human, just like obviously pieced together again. And his soul was kind of reacquainted with a physical form that just so happened to also look like his original body. But it's never said that he has some new powers or new fey, anything. That's why it was so confusing to me that he went into the cauldron and came back human. Maybe it's the spell that's kept him alive. 
Yeah. I think it has to do, uh, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. And he was kept in pieces. Like, they had to rebuild him. What a question. Is he killable now? See, I don't know. My thought is he has immortality. Maybe he's killable, but he will not age. But see, if that's the case, why are Grayson and his dad okay with him coming back, but not Nesta and Elaine? Do they know who Jurian is fully? Do they know that he's a, a human that was trapped by the Fae for 50, well, even longer? No, 500 years. Well, he said he told them everything. So what does everything encompass? See, it's just like, it's not well written and it doesn't, there are so many more unknowns than knowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't think of it from the perspective because, yeah, it, it depends on what Jurian classifies as everything. Because it can't be everything because I feel like Jurian is always that one step ahead. But even then, while they're all sitting there and he's talking about Miriam and Dracon, he's talking about that relationship and how he played the good guy. So I would assume that they would know everything because if they didn't, they would be flagging it and being like, whoa, wait, what? Who's, who are these people? What are you talking about? So I assumed that he told them everything, which makes me feel like he doesn't have any type of fey or immortality in him because they would never be accepting of that. It's hard for me to believe, I mean... Highburn, we really don't understand his thought process, but it's hard for me to believe that Highburn would keep a fully human person around him. Like, just knowing how much he despises humans? I don't uh, know. And why, is Jurian really convincing enough of his Stockholm Syndrome of being kept by Amarantha that he'd be willing to stay on that side of things. Like if I was being tortured for 500 years mm. by them, what would make me think that they're an, a reliable ally at that point? You know what it is? It's weak character development. It also just doesn't make sense that if Hybern wanted to keep him around and brought him back to be a human, how is he in the human realm right now helping them as the double agent? What's the connection with that? Did he just like run away and high room was like, ah, eh, yeah, whatever. I don't have to worry about him ever again. Why even bring him back then? It really doesn't make sense the purpose of jury or why jury would need to be brought back. I, I don't understand that either. And then this cheesy line about how when they were talking about Miriam and Dracon, he was like, I don't want to find them for revenge. I want to find them to apologize on my knees. It's like, whoa, wait, what? Where did this come from? It is kind of very Hamlet. I'm going to pretend to be crazy so people think that I'm crazy so I can do what I want in the background and be saying, like, I want to be perceived as crazy so I can do what needs to be done to fulfill what I need to do. I don't know if I buy it. <laughs> right. It just all seems so lame, which is interesting because I love Jurian as an idea. Yeah, I do too. I just don't think he was executed well. And I don't, and I think that I find this with a lot of readers just from articles I've written and blog posts and stuff. A lot of people seem to have a huge issue with the whole Jurian, Miriam, Dracon it's, situation. It's because it's kind of forgettable. Yeah. Because and it that makes sense. It's, and it's so crucial to where Prithian is right now. And I can never keep it properly straight. Even when they first explained it, we talked about it in our previous episodes yeah. in the first book, that it was so confusing and hard to grasp what any of it meant and what the purpose of their mm -hmm. being in the storyline was. I'm hoping we'll get more clarity as the series progresses with this relationship, because I agree with you, Spuds. I really like Jurian as an idea. I even thought, I know this is probably not wherever anyone's going with this, but I thought Jury and Elaine would be kind of you know, cute. I did too. And mm -hmm. you know what I realized when I was rereading the section? Who I think Elaine should end up with? Jerson. Oh. 
What? Mm. Yeah, I think that would be really cute if, like, all of these things happen and maybe a war happens and she gets reunited with Grayson. It'd be really cool to see her back with her first true love. Don't give me that look. I'm allowed to have my opinions. <laughs> I don't know if I love that one. but <laughs> I mean, I feel like he has to have some awakening. If she ever does a book series or a book part with Elaine in it where it's Elaine's story, it'd be really cool to watch her in true Sarah J. Mass fashion to have a few lovers before him, like Asriel or Lucian, and then come back and somehow reconnect with Grayson. It would be really cool. I kind of like them reconnecting as friends, but what couple I am excited about, thanks to this section, is 100% Asriel and Elaine. I'm going to die on that hill. I, you know, I was telling to say at lunch today that I, rereading this section, I was like, yeah, I'm into this. This I, I do like, I do like Elaine and Lucian. I don't think it's possible personally, but. You know, in true, true Sarah J. Mass fashion, how she always has like the kale um, for anyone who's ever read her other books and even like Bryce had Connor Connor and stuff and so it'd be really cool if Elaine's was Azrael and then she ended up with like someone that none of us expect would be really cool because also Azrael I love him to death he don't hate me I'm gonna get so much hate for this he's kind of a really boring character yes he is I, I he's really copy paste I I don't he's just the broody shadow singer who like I'll be perfectly honest, doesn't have much of a personality. And his personality only comes out when he's like in the High Lord meeting, fighting and stuff. And it's like, where were these emotions throughout any of the other books? Yep. It just, I don't know. He's such a boring character to me. And Elaine is so interesting and dynamic, especially with her becoming Faye and dealing with the things that she becomes. I don't think she should end up with a wet towel like Azrael. I, I said what I said. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna get shit now because I think as much as I love Elaine, I think she's kind of boring. <laughs> like that's the majority of fandom right there. Yes. People shit on Elaine. I'm not trying to be mean, and it's hard because I haven't seen much for outside of this book, so it's hard to say. Like this is obviously like the most screen time she's had in this series. But aside from being sad and weird with her seer stuff she doesn't really have anything else that goes on for her that much that's so funny i thought the seer stuff was so cool oh i thought it was i want to delve more into it because i feel like not like in this podcast like talk about it more but i want elaine to have her side story kind of like how nesta did and i want to know more about the seer and kind of what goes on inside her head because we've only really seen it from an outside point of view a little bit I am curious to see where Elaine's story goes because I think she's got a lot of potential. I think there's there's just a lot of setup to, for her to get over her trauma and to acclimate with her new life. And she's getting these visions and doesn't understand them on top of in this new body, in this new world. I do think that her and Az's abilities complement each other in a way mm -hmm. and that is really fun to watch when they interact with each other they seem to have a, a fundamental understanding about each other sure that i don't think anyone else they give does. each other a personality <laughs> yeah they, they form one whole person oh <laughs> we're two halves of the same idiot <laughs> or whatever that is oh but i do have a theory about the whole mates thing that it will have to be covered in the next section because i think it's something we talk about all the time when talking about i'll hint it 
is that, you know, I stand by that we're going to see a mated couple go against their bond, which we have not witnessed so far. I I'm it's totally not, Elaine and Lucian. Well, I th- it's most likely, but I think there's possibly another mated pair that could also be that example. So now I'm super curious and we can talk about it next week. You know what? I'm for Elaine and Jurian. That'd be fun. I like that one. I think that would be good, personally. I think they they, they could use each other right also, now. Also, it would be so fun because Feyre doesn't necessarily like Jurian. She doesn't know how she feels about it. So it'd be really fun to finally have an in-law or whatever that, like, she doesn't like. <laughs> family drama yeah right well i feel like i feel bad for elaine because it feels like she we don't really know this but i don't want her to have to keep dating people that her family doesn't approve of i do think tamlin is due for redemption art not that i give a shit but i do think it's 100 percent possible he would make her interesting again i like the idea behind it. i don't think it's the case but him being her loving her gardening and being outdoors him being the sp- the symbolism behind <gasps> it i think is really cool what if tamlin dies and she becomes the high lady of the summer court spring court or spring court <laughs> that court the flower court you know what her and tarquin i'm up, i'm down with that too like oh, that'd be so Oh, that'd be cute. That would be. I feel like he deserves someone. Tarquin's such a sweet soul, and Elaine is so So like innocenty. Like that would be like perfect. Yeah, let's do that. Little couple. I'm gonna do Elaine and Tarquin. I'm gonna just throw that hat (laughs) in the ring, and I'm gonna hope that someone catches it. She's (laughs) such a wild card that you could put her with anyone. And be like, yeah, that works. This is why I said she's boring. Like I said, copy paste. You could put her with anybody, and it's great. I mean, not. That sounds horrible. I make her sound. Like, I make her sound. Like and Marantha comes back and they're made. Ma- <laughs> no, no. Or Ianthi. Ianthi. Uh, or Ianthi. Oh, no. Well, she. That, speaking of Ianthi, oh, we're going to Alice. I'm just kidding. Okay, it's too far. Too far. Well, you know what's sad is, yeah, totally. <laughs> but let's go. I'm sure there's fan fiction out there about it. But speaking of Ianthi, she does make an appearance in this section. We're not quite there yet, but we are going to see Ianthi again, mm. believe it or not. Jurian pops out of this little reunion that they're having and is like, yeah, they already know that you're a fae and you're being glamoured and Grayson's really rude to Elaine. <laughs> I just like, I don't know, when you said pops out, I do always have this idea in my mind when I think of Jurian just popping out of trap doors and like windows. See, I think of him coming out from behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, like curtain. <laughs> trap door window my 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 very high level notes as i was listening to it at work i say effing jury and then the next bullet point oh dot 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 jury (laughs) (laughs) that's not the emotional roller coaster every time this character comes i'm pretty sure that's the most relatable thing ever (laughs) (laughs) you never know what you're going to feel when something comes out of that man's mouth and it's funny because when he's out of the scene you totally forget about him yes Oh, yeah. And then he comes back in later on, and you're like, oh, he's still here, I yeah, guess. Yeah, stirring the pot, stirring that cauldron for us. When we, <laughs> when we see him again at the Highburn camp, I'm like, oh, I forgot you were here. Jeez. <laughs> he's like, where's Waldo? <laughs> found him. There's this little striped hat. I found him. <laughs> Wrapping that up, the saddest thing about that, hands down to jury and talks about his stuff, and then... Grayson and his dad, they agree to the terms that they will be a sanctuary for the humans near the wall. On the way out, though, Grayson sees that Elaine still has her engagement ring on and he demands that she takes it off. This was harsh. I mean, to be fair, yeah. if you're Grayson, I'd be pissed. You think so? 
I'd be pissed if you just ran away. But like also, it's such a gray area because he had his heart broken too. Like just as much as her heart broke, mm. he also did it. Yeah. Because he loved her. And now she's become a physical embodiment of everything that he's been taught to hate in the world. And so he's probably going through kind of whiplash well, with it. The other thing he mentioned is that Jurian spilled the beans that not only is she Faye, but she's also mated. And I'm guessing he explained that whole situation. Yeah, with... that doesn't feel good. It was interesting to see Elaine talk about Lucian. I'm trying to think of how it was worded. Like he said, you're 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 mated to some Faye High Lord son. And she's like, his name is Lucian. And I was really surprised that she did that. Like, I know I know it's not necessarily standing up for him, but it's at least acknowledging him, which we haven't really seen her do much of. Yeah. I think it um, really shows her progress that she made. Because I don't think Elaine, a couple weeks, a couple months before that, would have done that. Right, I agree. Well, and should I read this? Kind of about this interaction. He said... You belong to him. She said, I belong to no one, but my heart belongs to you. Grayson's face hardened. I don't want it. He would have been better off hitting her. That's how deep the hurt in her eyes went and seeing her face crumble. <sighs> heart shattering. And I, you know, I, I have to thank you, Spuds, because I didn't think about Grayson at all. <laughs> and I can't imagine how difficult that news is to hear, not even from the the person it should be coming from, which would be Elaine. I know that Elaine, I don't think was given the opportunity to talk to Grayson. Mm -hmm. I, I, we really don't know. I'm guessing that Resan shut that down. And yeah, like to hear that from a, a third party jury in person, <laughs> that must've been pretty, that must've been pretty tough for well, him. And there's gotta be some jealousy in there. Her coming back, still wearing the ring you gave her. You haven't seen her in months. You know that she's lying to you because she's glamored and you already know that she's Faye. So that's strike number two mm -hmm. because she already had left, even knowing the whole situation. And then there's got to be this crazy jealousy of knowing that he could never be her mate. Yeah. That's just something. But it's also just something he doesn't really understand either, or at least that process. But even with what he does know. Yeah, I feel like the word mate, like the insinuation is that you do belong to someone. And realistically, if you're mated with someone, you do until you say no. Mm -hmm. I feel like with a mating bond, because you're attached to someone. So I don't necessarily if belong is the right word, but you are attached to someone until you are declining the mating bond. I don't I feel like it's more like a string pulled top until they agree to it. They're drawn to them. I don't think it's either confirmed or denied until it's formally done one way or the other. You know what I don't understand? Mm. I don't understand how when we've seen mates in this series and future mates, how it's almost impossible and unbearable to be away from their mate even before they accept it. How come she doesn't have that for Lucian? Even through her trauma, you would think that with that mating bond, she would still be drawn towards him and it would be really hard to turn him away. I mean, she was there when he left and I, I know it was hard for her to have a more intimate moment and stuff. I think it's hard. Elaine's obviously going through a lot of stuff. I mean, like, think about it too. Feyre and Rhysan were mated while well, she was really depressed and staying with Tamlin. She wasn't necessarily drawn towards Rhysan. But she still Rhysan. thought about him all the time. 
I think, though, is the understanding I think a lot of people discussed in, like, forums and stuff is that the mating bond seems to be stronger in the men than the women. The men seem to know it first. Mm-hmm. And granted, the three women in question are the, the Artron girls who are all human-turned-faced, so maybe they just don't have that instinct in them the way that the male, males do, or it is a male-driven trait. That the men see it and acknowledge it first, and the women are just the ones that are accepting or denying it. That's a good point. We're not following an a one hundred percent fey born person having a mating bond like Calias and Vivian. Mm-hmm. So we don't really know. They sort of talked about it because I believe that Vivian thought about Calias while he was under the mountain that whole time. Yeah. So since they are fey made, it might be different in. And I think I think that's a good point, Sam. So, yeah, and we don't know the full story. We only know that high-level story we heard in the meeting, so it's hard to, like, compare them. Yeah. But until I think I see a truly fae... Traditional. Born fae mating bond, I'm not gonna... I, it's, I think, yet to be determined, personally. Well, and two more things that I just want to bring up before I move on from this. When they came to Grayson and his dad about having human shelter there he was like i don't want a riffraff around <laughs> and Jurian, you are riffraff <laughs> Jurian pretty much told him that he would have the king of hybern murder them all <laughs> they didn't have people and he's like yeah okay that's sold we'll do that <laughs> and then also when grayson was saying all that stuff to elaine and being really mean nest actually slept him. oh my gosh i'm not surprised but it did throw me off guard i wasn't i mean would you like these fans? Damn, she smacked the shit out of him. I was she, like watching Will Smith and Chris Rock. Oh my gosh. Oh, did you watch his new stand-up? Who? Chris, Chris Rock? Rock? No, I haven't. It's amazing. There, I just saw uh, Blocks, the Neil Brennan stand-up. It's very, very good. And he has this part. No, we watched it together. Remember we saw Neil Brennan's Blocks? And yeah. he's talking about how he went to a party with a Netflix owner and... The Netflix owner does this toast and he's like, I just want to thank everyone for being here and how much all of you need to be. And Chris Rock goes, except Neil. And then Neil Brennan is thinking, I hope someday this man is publicly humiliated as well. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm not kidding you. He went hard. On... Oh, about the Will Smith thing? Oh, yeah. It was honestly deserved, mm-hmm. but it was pretty funny. He, he did out. not hold hold back and then at the end of the show because that was the ending he just threw the mic on the ground and walks off like, okay chris his clothing closing line of um being like uh i was raised and my mama told me not to fight in front of white, white people, people. <laughs> and then he just throws the mic on the ground because they were he's like why did everyone say like why didn't you do anything chris why didn't you do anything he goes because my mama raised me not to fight in front of white people he throws the mic and walks off <laughs> He's so great. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we should watch it. It's really I, good. I, yeah, I definitely want to see that. Okay, but that's scratch. He does part. some stuff on Megan Markle, though. I don't know if Sam will appreciate it. No. Bad stuff or good stuff? I'm going to say that. Realistic stuff. Realistic. Realistic. Okay. Coming from a man of color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I can't really say much about it because I'm not a person of color. Right. That's fair. 
All right, so after we say bye to Grayson and Lord Nolan and Jurian, where do they go next? They had their first battle. That was fast. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's all glamour. They're hidden from Hiver and they slaughter all of them. And one more side question Is their dad just like still gone? I know. Who's right? dad? Archeron! Archeron! Oh, yeah, exactly! Who's dad? You see, we don't even know if they communicated with him once no. they got, once Nessa and Elaine were taken to the Night Court. But they wouldn't be able to, they wouldn't have risked that knowledge getting leaked, though. You know what I mean? Like, hey, BRB took your daughters. They're now Faye. Peace and love. Like, mm-hmm. what are they gonna say? Girl, I don't know. Don't they have servants and stuff at their house? I wonder where our head of the house are like where are the people who pay us and stuff do we just keep like, the shit it's elaine's wedding are yeah. we going still are like what's going? happening there's no <laughs> elaine jeez i don't know i feel like they would have at least written to their dad but he's to be like hey the wall's sh- gone dad Maybe the thought is, oh, we'll time it out with when we assume our dad's going to be home. Our dad's going to be gone for like six to eight months. So we'll just wait till we get closer to that time frame and we'll meet him halfway so we can take six or eight months to sort this out. You know what it reminds me of? Marcel the shell with shoes on when she's talking about her sister. She's like, yeah, my sister. Uh, And they're like, what happened to her? She goes, she held onto a a balloon or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) And like goes away and she goes, well, what do you say? Oh, you know, she's traveling. (laughs) (laughs) That's very much Daddy (laughs) Archeron. You know, she's traveling. traveling. (laughs) But I think it's my sister and I say that to each other all the time. Yeah, that dad, he's really got to push those bear figurines. (laughs) (laughs) They just, they're really getting up there in demand. It's a high commodity. Oh my gosh. And then we get into battle. Yeah. One way that Jurian tried to prove to the Night Court that he was working for them is he let... Pharaoh and Resand into his mind to show them what Hybrid's moves are, which was opposite of what they were initially seeing in their battle plan. And that's how they figured out where they were going and send the Illyrians. Mm-hmm. And that's why they were able to squeak by and just barely win this first major battle of the Got war. It. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that. Jury for the win. Whoop whoop. He's worth something. Until we forget him again. <laughs> but also, what would we do without him? Mm-hmm. This important character in the book. Mm-hmm. That we know nothing about still <laughs> <laughs> so jurian surprisingly saved them going into this and then you can go let's start our pharaoh rant about this battle Fair- let's go <gasps> all right carbs pharaoh decides to take things into her own hands and find the surreal to get the details of where highburn and the rest of his army is pharaoh does the most dastardly thing ever and she convinces more to go into the fight because they need her more than just protecting her they and Nesta. More, more. They needed more, more. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, you know, we're just going to stay right here. Don't even worry about us. And then once more clears the area, Sphera decides she's going to find the Surreal so she can track down Highburn's army and where the rest of it is and where he's hiding. She gets Elaine to find the surreal by sending her a picture mentally of mm-hmm. what he or she looks like. I don't think it I don't think the surreal has a defined gender. I think it's an yeah. it. 
and Feyre winnows to that location is close to the Weaver's Cottage. And the Surreal is, of course, happy to see her. She doesn't have a trap this time. She doesn't have a cloak or a chicken head or whatever. But I love how easy it is for her to find the Surreal where it was like so known that or it was told to her that it's really hard to find it and catch it. But to note that even though Farrah didn't come bearing any gifts particularly, she noted that the Surreal was donning a new cloak. Mm-hmm. Importance. Mm-hmm. Trace importantes. Mm. <laughs> so Feyre asks the Surreal right out, where's Highburn's army? And the Surreal tells her that it doesn't know that the cauldron is hiding its position and location. But loophole, like calls to like, that's a quote right from the right from the get-go. And Nesta, basically, Nesta has the ability to find the cauldron because she certainly took more than she was supposed to. And she can use uh stones and bones, runes, yeah. I think. Nesta can use these tools. I'm saying that very carefully because we also know something else that can use tools that we learned in this which they, they could use tools oh, oh yeah mm-hmm. didn't make that connection okay what else does she ask her she asks Serial about the army tells her that to do it through Nesta and then she also asks about her staying with the high lord yeah that comes out it said I told you to stay with the high lord and that was when Pharaoh finally realizes that she met Rhysand she already realized no homegirl finds out now it was was today then years old (laughs) today then years (laughs) of course i don't maybe it's just because we've already came to that conclusion while back back. Mm -hmm. and then in the process of her talking the surreal the surreal gets shot. Well, so the surreal's in the middle of talking about how she can find the king of hybrid. And it's literally like, you can find the king of... <laughs> <laughs> and then it gets shot in the throat with an arrow. Rip. By our <laughs> least favorite person ever. Ianthe! Ianthe, girl! <laughs> Out of any cool rocks lately? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's not nice. <laughs> with that, nice. with that bitch it is. <laughs> And uh, Ianthe reveals that she got the King of Highburn to sort of unscramble her brain or unscramble the uh, mental manipulation that Pharaoh can do as a demare. And she still can't use her right hand, I think. And that's the one part of the curse that still held on was the damage that she physically inflicted on Ianthe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she deserves it. <laughs> She was Uh, pretty awful. My goodness. It's so satisfying, but still not enough. You know what I mean? Like, I want more, but it was also perfection in the moment. And now she has just become my mortal enemy because of the fact that she kills the cereal. Mm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Not going to lie. This book in the beginning was kind of slow and drawn out and stuff. And when all of this stuff was happening, I wasn't really interested in the war battle that was going on right now. And then this side moment where the serial dies, I was like, wow, I didn't really need to be hit the feels that hard right now. Yeah. Like, this wasn't even a battle related thing. This was like, you just killed my best friend. Yeah, it's just a casualty of spite. Yeah. I mean, if I were Ianthe, I'd be pretty pissed. However, she is awful, so I don't have a lot of sympathy for her. But what she get out of... Well, do you think she was aiming for the surreal or she was aiming for Pharaoh? No, I think she's aiming for the surreal. I think I think she was trying... What does this bitch have against the surreal? Because um, she knew that 
she was using the cereal as a means to an end to get Pharaoh. She uh. knew that if she, by putting that tracking cloak on the cereal, knew that Pharaoh would, with her track record, run back into the cereal. Do you think and the cereal knew it was going to die? She, it did. Yeah, Aww. it did. Because yeah. it knows everything, right? So Ianthe tried to trap the cereal, which is why Sam mentioned it had a different cloak mm. on. It wouldn't tell her anything, but she gave the cereal the cloak anyways, which had a tracking spell on it. <laughs> so that is how they caught up with them. And this is when Farah takes off running and she runs for the weaver's cabin. Mm-hmm. Hoping that Ianthe will come in tow. And she did. And her guards went into the weaver's cottage, not knowing the consequences of that. It was also really cool how the weaver could tell that she had been near the weaver's brother, which is the bone carver. Mm-hmm. And she yeah. could smell her brother on him. That's weird. Gross. <laughs> it was kind of cool to see her have a more positive experience with the weaver yeah it wasn't like do or die of the first time they kind of had this understanding she's like you don't need to eat me i got three meals coming right behind me just like hold out a second i'm glad you know that like i'm trying to work with your brother and then she books it Mm -hmm. it was like really it was really savvy well also i feel like the weaver had to have been like kudos to you for outsmarting me that first time like no one's ever done that to the weaver i was already hurling for the trees when the guards and ianthe began screaming so satisfying all right, so we forgot to mention that Helion just shows up. Yeah, oh, yeah. Helion, he covers up the surreal because the surreal dies, and it's like I knew I was gonna die. And they buried it with were... the sun. Mm. I was gonna die, but you were so nice to me, and that's why I came. But also, like, what was he doing there? I think he was looking for Feyre. Yeah. That Helion was sent to find Feyre when they realized she was missing. Mm hmm. So yeah, Feyre gets back and... Teleports her back to Resan. Yeah, Helion teleports her back to Resan. And he's not as upset as I anticipated him being, but you know what? Rightfully so, because he pulls this shit all the time. And he was just like, you know what? Just next time, leave a note. (laughs) Who is mad? More has been done so dirty in this book. Mm -hmm. She really has. This is now, what, the third time she's been completely screwed over by her friends? In this book alone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then Feyre gets mad at More for being mad at Feyre. (laughs) Feyre's like, wait, what? (laughs) Feyre's argument, I think, is so dumb. It it makes me angry. Because... Moore, I think, has a very valid reason for being upset because be Feyre's actions shows that her as the high lady of her court, she doesn't trust Moore to, to to trust in her decision making, and that is a huge insult to mm-hmm. Moore, and, and and just just culturally and and also as yeah. a friend, and. And then, of course, the other thing, too, is Resan's coming back from battle and he sees more on the field. He's like, where is Fair? She's like, she's right. Oh, she, uh, uh, she's not there. Like, can you imagine? I can't. Ah, uh. yeah. Well, to be honest, she left in that position. I she could have just said, yeah, I respect that, but I'm going to go do this. And I think more also brings up like, because like everyone just kind of starts arguing. Reesing and Cassian start arguing yeah. and more and Farrah are arguing. And then like everyone's just kind of bickering pointlessly. Mm-hmm. And it's just chaos. Even though the one time Reesing isn't mad at Farrah, he's like mad at everybody else. Yeah. And 
more mentions that she's like, you're our high lady and you should trust us to know what's going on with mm-hmm. that information. Like, you shouldn't just sneak away. Yeah. Because this time Cassian gets hurt, right? Because I yeah, feel like I so- keep losing track of who gets hurt when. Cassian was super hurt. So yes, he was because Azrael's wings were shredded in book two. So that means this is Cassian's wings being shredded in three. I always make well, and as, but Azrael gets hurt rescuing Elaine farther down. But yeah, so what happens is these damn bat boys. <laughs> what happens is in this battle is the lines start to break. the The battle lines start to break. Yes, and Resan tells Cassian to pull back, but he doesn't. He's trying to maintain the line, and he gets pretty badly wounded and Rhysand is pissed off that he didn't listen to him and of course Cassian's retort kind of similar to Feyre when it comes to more they definitely are foils of each other when we think about the arguments where Rhysand is mad at Cassian for not following his orders but Cassian disagreed with Rhysand's orders and then he pulls the ring and then he pulls the like will you abandon us for 50 years like (laughs) and then Feyre's like will you won't fuck Asriel (laughs) yeah Which is affecting me. Because like, <laughs> I am a gossipy bitch. <laughs> I need I need to know it's everything. so annoying. I, get, I just get so angry thinking about like. Yeah, I don't know. It just, I legitimately, this is the moment that I really hated Farrah. Same. Because she, it just doesn't make any sense. It almost was like she discredited what Moore was actually saying. It was like, well... You want to talk about lying? How about you're lying to yourself every day about Azrael? And then we find out later on, more turned down Azrael. It, sh- it doesn't make any it sense. It doesn't make any sense. She's not even, like, lying per se. She's just... Okay, maybe she's not being as transparent about her actions, but she's not lying to anyone. She's not like, oh... But it's also not in the middle of a battle. Right. And you know there's no stakes in it. Right! She, like, and she's not truly leading him on. She's not. She's not doing anything specifically that's like, oh, as look at me, JK stuff. It's just, it's so obvious that there's just that awkward tension between them and that's it. You know what also kind of bothers me about Azrael? There's this, they won't say it, but how Pharaoh reacted to this. There's this undertone of, well, you had sex with Cassian. Why wouldn't you have sex with me? Yeah. You can't see it, but they all, both of them just looked at me and subtly nodded. <laughs> Yeah. With cringed faces. Yeah, it's a cr- it's a cringy moment. You know, if anything, I don't know if it's necessarily associated to more herself. I think it's a trauma response of all of the baggage that Asriel has been through. Not like that he feels entitled to more, that he does not feel like he's enough for her. Right. So I think that's where that comes from. But on the surface, 100%, that's what it looks like. But I think it's his own internal trauma yeah. that's projecting onto what he thought he was, should have with more. Male trauma projecting onto women in a sexual way? What? I've never heard of that. What? Ever. Revolutionary. What a concept that I've never I heard of. I hope I sound shocked right now. <laughs> I don't know. It just, none of, none of this makes sense. And the timing in it is just like, Kara, what are you, you are acting not like a high lady. There's, like, your class just went out the window. Mm-hmm. I made a note about how Feyre turns into High Fae at around 19. And I was thinking about this whole scene. I'm like, this is so immature. Like, this whole conversation is dumb and immature. And I wonder if we don't give Feyre enough leniency sometimes because she is 19 years old. 
She and shouldn't be high lady then. I'm just gonna throw that yeah, out there. Yeah! She can be your mate and your wife or whatever, but also kind of cringe that a 19-year-old or 18-year-old is this man who's lived forever's wife for, after only a few months. That's a whole problem in and of itself. Yeah. Oh, so we can get into it. I feel like the assumption is, or sort of the mentality around it is, oh, she's been reborn, therefore she has this sort of otherworldly maturity to yeah. her, which is isn't there there's a part of me that's like i want to applaud sarah j mass for maintaining that immaturity to staying true mm-hmm. to her as a young girl who makes dumbass decisions because that's what 19 year olds do do you think she intentionally wrote it like that i think that sarah j mass really wanted to explain moore's position when it came to asriel and she needed a device to do so and it's easy to do that with Feyre because she's so gray and a gossipy bitch. <laughs> so, I honestly hate how gossipy she's become. I wonder if part of it is her overcompensating. You, I think you had mentioned before trying to catch up with this 500 right. years of relationship in, in history, which is intimidating. Like she's clearly got a relationship with them all and that's not inherently the issue, but she is the, she's the, she's the newbie. And mm-hmm. that's all, that's really hard to take on. But it hasn't, they've been so welcoming to her. I don't think she's actually had to experience what it's like to be the new girl. Right. That's true. That's like me for later on. Moving around a lot my whole life. She is nothing like, the experience yeah. is nothing like what a new girl actually that's experiences. I made a note, and this was a discussion question I brought up, which is, do you think as High Lady and as Resan's mate for life, is Feyre entitled to know? No. Yeah. <laughs> it bothered me before yeah. they were even mates when she was like, these are my people. Yeah. It's like, you've literally been in this city for like two weeks. Calm down. <laughs> that would be like me moving to a new city and being like... My people are mm-hmm. here. I will protect you at all costs. She's got so much time. Like, she's immortal. Like, I understand storytelling-wise the necessity for her immature behavior to be a device to move through this story. But but time and place, this was not the place for that oh, no. argument at all. No. They were just finishing a yeah. battle, and they're like, well, you need to be honest about Azrael. It's like, what are you talking about, about right now? Cassian's like dying right now and he and Reese are duking it out. Why are you so worried about Azrael's sex life right yeah. now? It's so weird. Oh my gosh. I don't know. This is, I will say this is the point where I really start to not appreciate Feyre as much. Yeah. This yeah. Was, this was, this a, was the moment. This was a turning moment for me. slowly starts going downhill. Mm-hmm. I also want to make this note about Azrael too. Like just while we're on the subject, He's the one that's holding a torch for someone who obviously does not. I feel like it's so easy to like focus it on how Moore isn't acknowledging it. Whereas, yeah. what about Azrael? Yeah, like can Azrael not acknowledge it? Yeah, is that a thing because he's this broody, self-deprecating male shadow singer that he? Okay, you can crap on Moore for not bringing it up, but what about Azrael? Yeah. Azrael has just as much power to bring it up. Right. But he's a deadbeat. I said it. Yeah. I said what I said. He's a deadbeat. He shouldn't end up with Elaine. <laughs> this is my argument. <laughs> I'm hopeful that maybe Elaine would be someone who might be able to get that deadbeat behavior out of him. But yeah, I'm says worried. every woman ever. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but, but Azrael, I think, shares as just as much as Moore does in all of this. And I think we forget about that all the time because but he's no one so... ever gives him crap. 
Yeah, because he's so quiet and broody in the corner. Like, we don't even know. It's like, oh, poor Ezreal. We don't want to hurt his little sensitive feelings. He has a sword. <laughs> like, like, he's fine. He's a shadow slinger. He tortures people for, like, fun. Mm-hmm. He's fine. Yeah, maybe stop being a weird little voyeur on the wall and do something. Yeah, be a part of this shit. Speaking of other couples, though, can we talk about Cassian and Nesta? It is Ooh. the tension, man. I mean, we all knew it the moment and what was it? The first, No, it was the second book where... They meet for the first time oh. in their house. Oh. And the tension and he's like, I hate this woman. This is amazing. <laughs> new girl meme of like stop being so mean to me or i'm gonna fall in love with you yeah. like well, that is cassian and what, what's that who's i don't remember what it's from but they're everyone uses this audio on instagram and tiktok where it's a guy and he's like you never pay attention to me and you don't listen to me and she's like i'm sorry who are you and he goes exactly <laughs> <laughs> or he's like i love i love that you never pay attention to me and just like, exactly. <laughs> i'm just my type <laughs> I was going to say, there's this really interesting scene in this section where um, Nessa notices that his arm is swollen or like his wrist is swollen and like no one else can see it. Like not that he's like broken or anything, but she just catches on to that he's injured without anyone else <laughs> puffle mates what oh, so that sounds like some mate shit that sounds like some mate shit and also of course you know he gets very wounded and more gets in her face that's like when one thing i don't know if we've talked about this more is being super competitive and mean ish to nesta as nesta and cassian's relationship is developing and, and becoming I don't think more ever liked Nesta. I don't think no. it like became a thing mm-hmm. as they started to grow closer. I just think that more doesn't like Nesta, period. I think Nesta rubbed everybody the wrong way when they first came to the townhouse. So Nesta? I think- <laughs> Never. So I think more and Nesta were naturally just kind of butting heads a little bit. And then Nesta and Cassian started doing this thing. And more is like, excuse you, that's my best friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you, you think it's just a matter of... I think she's just a little jealous. Yeah. So not in a... Friend jealous. Yeah, in a friend jealous. Because Almost. Nessa's so difficult to get... Yeah. yeah, she's she's really hard to get to know better. A little prickly. She's a little prickly. I think I think her and Moore could be friends, though, eventually. So maybe in a hundred years or so. Like, <laughs> but I take. think when it comes to the inner circle ladies, I think Amron and Nesta, like, totally makes sense as, like, buddies. Yeah. And Farah and Moore... But you know what? Moore's not friends really with Amarin. Right. I don't know. It's so clicky and this is not part of the clique. And I feel like that's the only reason why Moore doesn't like her because she tolerates Amarin, even though they're like polar opposites. But yeah. she's okay because she's part of the clique. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like because it's an outside source. Right. And like Elaine's easy because she's a doormat. Yeah. And no personality. No, it's accurate. <laughs> No, Vanessa is she is. She's unapologetically grouchy. And like, even in the beginning of this book, she goes to Grace and they're like, You're a fan. She goes, Yeah, I took something from the cauldron and here's all this stuff and this is what I am now. And they all just kind of look at her. Yeah. She's like, Yep. Not ashamed. Which... And then even the witch stuff. They're like, Are you a witch? And she's like, Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I I totally am. <laughs> <I'm all right. laughs> 
And then on the, on the case of Nessa, she uses, uh, Amran shows up with mm-hmm. the book and with the stones and bones. Stones and bones, friends. <laughs> stones, stones and, and bones. <laughs> it's totally tabular, man. <laughs> throw this on a map. It's a little map. It's a map? <laughs> oh, so... Uh, before we get into the stones and bones, yeah. uh, Moore and Pharaoh don't make up in this section. No. And Amron actually tells Pharaoh to, like, leave her alone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. As they're ha- dishing out the stones and bones. Yeah. The stones and bones. I'm like, honestly, if I were more, I would never be friends with her again. Like, wow. I wouldn't either. I'd be like, fuck this bitch. Like, like, I'm gonna go to this. <laughs> just go hang out with Tamlin. Yeah. Oh my gosh, totally. Just go to Tamlin bitch about Pharaoh. Literally. Like, you know how she lies, Tamlin? <laughs> yeah! You know how she just comes into someone's court and messes it all up? Yeah, I do! Like, <laughs> I've seen it. Relatable. <laughs> Chew him up and spit him out. Oh, she, 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 she's a cat playing with the with the but mouse. You know what? She's the friend that Tamlin needs. Mm-hmm. She would whip him into shape. Yeah, yeah. And they could. Amber would so chew him up and spit him out. Aunt more would whip him into shape, and if he didn't shave out, then she'd eat him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, kudos to Amron for protecting more in this moment. Yeah. yeah, I know you don't like Amron. No, we'll talk about that in the last section. <laughs> dislike Amran. I think she has her moments. I love her. I think she's funny. Yeah. No. I I like... I will peace out. (laughs) I think like Nesta, what I do like about Amran is she is again, so unapologetically herself. Like, this is who I am. I'm gonna just give it to you straight. In general, I don't love Amran as a... It's not a character I lean towards personality-wise, but I like Nesta. I appreciate the fact... That she is a consistent character. She is unapologetically who she is. She doesn't just randomly start complaining about weird stuff. And she's pretty predictable, which I like that. Because Feyre does stuff I don't like. And same with Resand as well. Like, these are characters that sort of are very, like, emotionally driven. Whereas I feel like Nesta and Amran are very logical in what they are set out to do. So in that sense, I appreciate her. So she shows up with a book and she shows up in the stands of the bands <laughs> to give to Nessa. And Nessa is going to have to reach her cauldron powers out. Her witch stuff. Yeah, her witchy stuff. <laughs> and she's going to find the cauldron. So it starts to go south. She originally, like, she struggles with it, but then eventually she catches... Something. Something. And she kind of gets into a, I don't want to say a trance. That's, What's a trance? I think it's pretty yeah, accurate. Some sort of a trance, and it, it doesn't look good. Bear reaches out to her, goes through her mental shields, and sees Nesta in the war tent of Highburn, and she sees the armies, and it's all of that is becoming mentally aware to Nessa and Feyre by proxy of being there. And Jurian's there. And Jurian's there with Highburn. Highburn's kneeling over his little table with his map and stuff. And it turns out 
that his army is no more than a hundred miles away from her father's estate on the other side of the wall. They were way far off from where they thought. Yeah, so Pybrun's kind of been letting them do cat and mouse into one direction when they're in a totally different place. Mm -hmm. So, And while while Thera's in Nesta's mind in the King of Pybrun's war tent... <laughs> in Nessa's mind, in the King of War tent, in the library with, with the candlestick. <laughs> I was just gonna say, with with the pipe. Like, <laughs> she has this feeling that the cauldron is actually watching them just as much as they are watching the cauldron. Right. Mm-hmm. Peekaboo. And Feyre tells Nessa it's time to go. They have to go now. And well, it's interesting because we forget that like Nesta can is part of the cauldron, but the cauldron is also I part guess. of her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm can take the girl out of the cauldron but you can't take the cauldron out out of the the girl (laughs) (laughs) and it sort of i don't want to say chases them but they feel its presence as they're trying to get nesta to take consciousness back and it's almost like it can grab her and mm -hmm. latch her and bring her to where the cauldron is right there's the spear of that it can almost winnow her Mm mm-hmm I have a slight question. Yeah. If the cauldron drew Nesta to the cauldron, mm. she From... went back in the cauldron, wouldn't she kind of like be okay? Would she come out human or just, or just like, like Faye with what less? What if she just took more from it? Because like she's already been in the cauldron once. Can she cauldron again? It's weird to think that she could even take a lot. Like, I think what is interesting about the cauldron is it's sort of this living thing. It's it it has like a personality. It has biases. It has a right now resentment. So it's hard to say what it wants to do. I yeah. mean, even though it's a pot, but even like not even <laughs> one. But even if she went back into the cauldron, like what its decision would be, what or if how she it took would more, how would it manage Nesta? I don't see. I don't know. Could she become more powerful? I mean, the last... Do you even cauldron? It's kind of like the teacher, the student becomes the teacher type deal. She but then went into you, the like, cauldron. She went into the cauldron, became the cauldron. Now what? Like, yeah. like is this a, like, is now this she footing? Now like, cauldron master? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just yes. thought that was so interesting that they're so afraid to have her near the cauldron when it's like, but you already stole from the cauldron once. Give yourself some credit. Mm-hmm. What else can it do at this point? I, I, I was under the impression the cauldron wants to take back what is theirs. Is but yeah. she was so strong to steal it in the first place. Who's to say that she didn't weaken it and she can take more? I had wondered about that, actually. It, is it just being petty what or if is she it just missing? Became this, like, ultimate being, like the universe. What if she became a cauldron? What if the cauldron turned into Nesta and like Nessa, act- right. no, I'm serious. What if Nessa was the call? Cal- I know this sounds crazy, <laughs> but it makes sense in my head. What if Nesta took so much from the cauldron that she becomes the cauldron? <laughs> so don't look at- what if it's a man, but it's also a baby? But, no, like- <laughs> so like- but what if she becomes the new? So right now it's a cauldron, but what if the cauldron entity becomes a Nesta? Sorry, this is very Jesus God. You are very much like wanting Nessa to fall down a villain arc, and this is what I you're trying know. to do. We'll talk about this after Silver Flame. What was I saying? Yeah. So, like, Cauldron. Yeah. Nesta goes in the Cauldron, she takes some from the Cauldron, she goes back in the Cauldron, she takes more of it, Cauldron disappears, becomes a Nesta. And Nessa's a Cauldron. <laughs> <laughs> no, but 
but Nesta's a Nesta. <laughs> but like, is the, the cauldron the old cauldron is now a Nesta? Is now a Nesta. <laughs> it makes so much sense. Hot right. meat kettle. <laughs> it's just. But that's it. It just becomes a Nesta. It's just be- that's an appliance, and this is a Nesta. Like, <laughs> oh, you guys just don't understand. No, I get, it. I, I get what you're saying. Why are the Nesta of our group friends? I, uh, I get what you're saying. I don't know. Like, I, I, I genuinely just don't know. I don't know what the cauldron can do. I don't. It's weird for me to think this all-powerful being thing that is life and death and one big old thing would allow <laughs> would allow a, a person to take from it. Which it didn't is allow theirs. it though. She took from it because she's. But <laughs> how? Does, okay, but how does something she came down in a bubble? <laughs> she's exactly. a princess. <laughs> exactly what you sound like right now. <laughs> she came down in a bubble, dog. <laughs> Grow up, girl. Mustabbing. <laughs> My other favorite meme. <laughs> uh, I relate so much to that guy. <laughs> she was a princess of the Wicked Witch of the <laughs> She said her sister was a Wicked Witch of the East, bro. <laughs> You're going to sit there and tell me that I'm wrong? <laughs> I need to memorize that so I can just like whip oh. it out whatever I want. Because that's fine. exactly what you are right now. I'm fine. And you know what? He was right. <laughs> he was. He, he was. Grow up, man. <laughs> I just leave. You guys can record the rest of the episode. <laughs> I'll see myself up. This is probably the most I've giggled in an episode. <laughs> Where were we? Nessa. Ness the Nesta. The, the, the Nesta. Nesta. <laughs> the Morrigan, the Nesta, the cauldron. <laughs> so Nesta comes back. Uh, she breaks her trance with Feyre. Yeah. After the cauldron almost sucked them in because Nesta is the cauldron. The cauldron is Nesta. <laughs> That's how I got Thank it. you. That's what I'm trying to say. And she drops Snow's bones, creates a perfect circle around the area where Hybrid's army is. Mm-hmm. And that's how they know. <laughs> that's where everyone knows the army is now. On the way out, Varian uh, so runs into Amrit, <laughs> literally wraps her around his waist and runs off with her. He doesn't her. say anything. They just start making it out. Those two little And walkers. then I love Amrit and Varian didn't even bother to join us for dinner. You know what's so Good funny, though? They were already... Beast. They were already having dinner. They were on to dessert. They, yeah, they were. They have like six or seven courses, <laughs> full course meals. I mean, all she needs is blood. Does she really have to go anywhere? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like a vampire. So this is why I like Amarin because, like, you think she's cold hearted, and then you see her with him, and you're just like, okay, she has a personality. Yeah, I, I like Amarin and Varian. I do too, and I like Tarquin's response to it. He's like, we'll alternate who has to deal with them on holiday. Yeah, with Re- when he says that Teresa. <laughs> also, Varian is so brave. I like to fall in love with Amarin. I do love the development of their relationship because mm-hmm. I remember when they saw when she saw him in Mist and Fury, and she and we they had come back from the night court. She's like, he can't decide how he feels about me. Like he's totally into me, but he doesn't want to admit it. Like, <laughs> 
and then of course like she comes helps him out during the 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 crusade uh on uh yeah. on uh and how Varian had to placate Amran after the blood rubies were sent. Mm-hmm. So Amran didn't go back and like kill all of them for it. He sent her like an extra necklace. I also just love that she can be bribed like that. She's like, oh, it's fine. She's like a dragon. I love that. Like- <laughs> well, she also, she knows Feyre more than Feyre knows Feyre because she gave her that jewelry one time and Feyre thought it would help her do something. And Amran was like, no, it didn't actually do anything. I knew you could do it all along. You just needed something. To you just needed in. a little trinket to help you get yeah. through. I knew it. <laughs> you needed to think that something else is in control. Oh, yeah. Which is so sweet. That's yeah. Like, that's mother vibes. Yeah, totally. She, she's the bird that shoves you out of the nest, whether you're ready or not. Whether you're ready or not. And she's like, you look, whether you fall or not, doesn't matter. You'll and learn, like you'll you grow. And like, if you die, you learn not something. a good bird. Yeah, you're not, you're not good at being a bird. You probably should have been born in the first place. <laughs> so I was right, you were wrong. <laughs> and then... So our little inner circle, our little found fam... They barely get to bed. Like half of them did. The rest of them are moseying on over. And Nesta breaks out of her tent, freaking out. She's like, do you hear it? Do you hear it? Do you hear it? And Farrah can tell something's off. And the rest of the inner circle is getting the vibe, but they don't sense it the way that our two made Fade well, and Amor does too. Yeah, Amor. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. the three of them, Aaron, Farrah, and Nesta all sense that something's wrong. And then Azrael starts to realize because the shadows start creeping in. Mm. So anyway, so they're hearing the cauldron. All of a sudden it stops. And they're like, what could it be? Blah, blah, blah. And you know who thinks of this? Asriel is like, where's Elaine? Bum bum bum. Mm. It's so nice to know that he's not stalking more all the time now. It just it's just more points for Elaine and Asriel. Yeah. Well, as you can imagine, Elaine is not there. <laughs> and uh I think the way they describe it is that the cauldron mimicked a vision or person. I don't want to say apparition, that's not what I want, like a it was like a swan song or like yeah. a siren's siren. call. Yeah. Siren's call. And it, of Grayson calling to her. And oh, yes. That's yeah. So it's evil. so sad. It's Promising so sad. her love and healing. Oh, you're right where it hurts. Right. So she, uh, I either sleepwalked or normal walked, not quite sure. They don't really go Canadian. into it. Yeah. Just like, Ooh. I kind of had this idea of like this just like smoky. Tendril just grabbing her and just pulling yeah, out. Yeah, like she like disappears into a mist mm-hmm. and just like Ooh. she just reminds me of those old tales of like the children sleeping and they come out of their beds because they hear like the woman calling or something. No, <laughs> nope. Mm-hmm. But that's the vibe we got. That it was very creepy. Mm-hmm. And then they found her cloak still warm from her body at the edge of the room. Oh, yeah. So she's barely dressed and it's cold. Mm-hmm. It's not summer. <laughs> Never Poor mind. kid. I don't want to say. <laughs> so so they dressing did... for Grayson? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just That's um, not saying it. So they hatch out a plan to get her back. Yeah. So we've got Asriel very insistent on being the one. He's like, I will get her back. I know we talked a little bit about this connection with Asriel and Elaine. Or do you think he's just generally like cares about her safety? Like as a, as Feyre's part of the inner circle, they're all part of the night court. This is his duty as 
I a, think they have a fundamental understanding of each other that no one else does. But I, I stand by that. I, stand I by think that they're too. just both boring and he relates to her boringness and is like, we got to get the other boring back so I don't stand out as much. Two for one personality. Yeah. <laughs> We're two halves of a whole idiot. <laughs> I really I, two halves a whole crazy between a shadow slinger and her seeing shit. Like, I think it's just the light and the dark, you know, just, just wanting yeah. to be in balance. And maybe that's why they're both boring like but they're boring on each other's own levels whereas he's dark broody i don't want to talk and she is beautiful sunshine aloof aloof. yeah where they're not really saying much of anything but and and now we add that she's spewing random magical whatever from her seer ability yeah so now she's looking a little cuckoo on top of being aloof mm-hmm. so i think she was aloof before this she was just oh, yeah like, elaine yeah, I'm a little worried. we literally talked about the first episode about how she was just so naive and yeah just, oh, yeah everything's fine so what was their plan to get elaine back Who's so dumb. like mm. i thought it was okay so Farrah can, like, all of a sudden just become other people now? No, because she did the same thing as Tarquin when she was getting the book, remember? She shapeshifted. So she shapes into Ianthe. She takes one of Asriel's siphons. Cypher, siphons, which is blue. Like, the stone that Ianthe wears on top of her head as, like, a priestess. That was pretty smart. Yeah. Um, and she just kind of, like, gets a robe together. She does, like, a sort of Ianthe cosplay. And they go into the war camp. And, and I have a the, side note. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just going to say, the siphon, I think, also helped her repower her magic. She drained so much of it running around during the war, too. Yeah. When we were talking about how we don't know if the cauldron actually fills things, Farrah came calculated it down that she thinks that the cauldron took elaine because it was bitter about nesta taking from the cauldron right so it was like you took something from me i'm gonna take something from you again this sort of petty behavior of a pot which also (laughs) is not really the best writing because the whole thing about cauldron was that it is not really anything like it doesn't work off of emotions it's yeah just kind and of it, like the universe and it's and then petty. all of a sudden it does yeah because it did the same thing with the queens going in it was mad a pot was mad at nesta for taking too much power so it cursed the next person who went in to be an old ugly spinster or whatever i do i agree i do find that description of or that trait of the cauldron to be a little vexing and just doesn't seem cohesive with the storyline, but that is what we're at right now. Is and also this is through Favor's perspective. This is what she thinks the cauldron is thinking. So who knows? Maybe the cauldron just was like, "Well, I'm here. I'm just gonna take Elaine while I'm here." Like she's obviously like asleep, and everyone else is running around. So who knows? It's it's hard to say whether or not this is what this was the plan all along. Was I'll, oh, I'm pissed off because I'm a pot uh ianthe and asriel he sticks in the shadows she goes to the war camp uh jurian realizes it's Feyre. always jurian man and he's like he's gotta have some sort of powers i know right do you think he hooked up with ianthe wasn't it implied he said he said you've been after me for months or something like that so did he cave though i was gonna say like do you think he caved i don't think so He's probably t- like he likes to stir the cauldron, but I don't think he would stick his yeah. bits in it. Yeah. 
She's kind of gross. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, I wouldn't touch that with a ten foot pole. No. <laughs> I mean, not to shame women who get around. No, no, she's just like I don't like how she's, she's icky about it. Yeah, she's icky about it. She's rapey about it. Yeah, she forced herself on Lucian. That's what makes it icky. Yeah, she's like, I'm hot. You all want me, so you will be lucky when I jump on you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Regardless of anything else, right? And then Jurian helps him find Elaine, and of course, Feyre sees a child of the blessed being tortured at the war camp, and she starts to have these visions of back under the mountain, and she demands that Jurian help them get the girl out as well. And I was going to ask you guys if you feel like that was her being selfless or selfish, in the sense that... Did she want to save the girl because she was in pain and she wanted to help this person? Or is this just her having a moment of, I want to make amends for the terrible things that I did and what happened to that. Claire better? Okay. Because <laughs> it put Elaine at a huge risk because that was, that jury made it very clear. He's like, I don't think you can get out. It's, it's yeah. either Elaine or the girl. You got to pick one. She's like, no, we're doing both. And if she hadn't have done that, she probably wouldn't have been so wounded as she was because she was shot with an ash arrow mm -hmm. trying to coordinate getting the both of them out of there. And Azra was wounded very uh, gravely by this. His rings were, were cut up pretty bad, but he had to carry Elaine. They couldn't get the wards off of her chains in enough time. Right. So he just had to scoop her up chains and all, and then they were going to go. So he was, his haze a little incapacitated, whereas then that leaves Feyre to... Uh, to do a little bit more of the heavy lifting. But yeah, I feel say I feel the same way, Spuds. It's not that I don't think it was the right thing to do. I just think that it really put them all at risk. I'm not saying to not help the kid. It didn't for me, it didn't feel as genuine as an act, I think. Whereas it's more of like I'm really tortured by what I've done and I'm gonna I don't think she did it for the girl. I think she did it for herself. Yeah, I think she did it for herself really? as well. Yeah. yeah. I think there's always that need in Feyre to help someone who who needs help but i mean jurian said it too he's like look there'll be girls before her there'll be girls after her not that that makes it any better but i just think i think i would have tried mm -hmm. what makes me think that Farah's intentions were honorable just to you know stir the cauldron again um is she didn't go out of her way to look for survivors this was one that she saw and thought that there was an opportunity that she could save this person along with Elaine. It's not like she went out of her way to save every single person. And that's what makes me think that she did it because uh, it feels more selfless. Because, like, at this moment, she doesn't even know where Elaine is. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know. I feel like I didn't expect her not to save the girl. It was right. just kind of like, a, oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah. Now she's got, now Hybrid's going to find her. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? Because exactly. she's going to the source. Mm -hmm. it, it just, it put Elaine at risk and, and Asriel too. Put everyone so, at risk. Yeah. You're going into this to do a specific war mission and you're going off track to, I don't want to say save someone insignificant because. Obviously every life is significant. Yeah. Significant, yeah. But. It just seems like in the grand scheme of things, it was not the wisest choice. It's always so yeah. sad with the children of the blast because they so wholeheartedly have faith in the in Faye and to be manipulated and tricked and then tortured for it is 
not that not that all Fey are bad, but knowing that she's in this war camp because of her trust and faith into something, you know? Yeah. This poor kid. Well, the only big thing left to cover is that on Their Great Escape. The Great Escape, which was almost really, really bad. On their way out, Fairy gets hit by an arrow and Ash Arrow. Ash Arrow, yeah, that's gonna debilitate her quite a bit. And the only way to get out is she has to practice her new flying lessons. So she shapeshifts her wings and she's trying to get some like speed and get some air and she's doing really bad. She's being chased by hounds. She's using her own bow and arrow, which she snagged, to shoot at these hounds that are chasing her by Highburn. And she's just about not to make it. And she just feels this gust of beautiful spring air, like get underneath her wings and just give her that little push she needed. And there's Tamlin and Tamlin is like tearing apart these hounds and stuff. And she gets away with Azriel and they get back to the camp. Well, and Elaine. And Elaine, sorry, and Elaine, obviously. Somehow Elaine just pops in there. Yeah, Elaine's in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> we always forget about her because she has no personality. <laughs> And also in this whole fiasco, Durian, well, Farrah kind of instructs Durian to save the child of the blast. So Jurian put her in position so where she could be. Go Jurian! Go yeah. Tamlin! No, he did. They both they both did well. They both did well. But Tamlin did sacrifice his cover. Yeah, he threw his cover. He did get away. We know that he winnowed. So we know that he is not that he got away from the Highburn camp. No, it sucks. Now he has no side. Yeah. He's in, he's a nomad or or well, I don't know what you call it. The dirty tampon. Yeah. He's a dirty tampon. And then they get back and all the sisters hug. Yeah, all they, they yep, yep, they have a good old snuggle fest. And that is where we end today's episode. Mm-hmm. So we're finishing the last of part three up till yeah. the end. And the next episode will be covering chapter 66 through 82. Mm-hmm. And that will be the end of A Court of Wings and Ruin. Heck of a war. By Sarah J. Mass. Well, we will see you next time. All right, guys, let's go play some skids bins. Skids bins. Skids bins. All right, we'll see you. We'll see you on the flip side. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.